this is WTM. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W-G-M. Watch this movie. It's time to talk about Del Wilkes, the Patriots. <laughs> Del Wilkes? Del Wilkes. He challenged Bret Hart for the WWF Championship in 1997. Okay, the wrestler, the Patriot, yep. I think when I went to Wikipedia, I typed in the Patriot, <laughs> and it came up 2000 film by Ronald Emmerich, and right below it, I think, was the wrestler. Yeah. It's like, the Patriot, ah, I'm sure Bret will tell us all about it. He did a lot of steroids. Don't they all? Well, back then, a lot of them did, yeah. <laughs> he, him probably more than most. He was a terrible wrestler. See a heel or a baby face? He was the Patriot. <laughs> so he had to be baby face, right? In America. Mm-hmm. And then he'd go to Canada to wrestle Bret Hart and it would be reversed because Bret Hart <laughs> is beloved outside of America, mm-hmm. at least back then. I see. No other cool tidbits about the Patriot? He used to be the trooper. <laughs> Was his name the trooper? He was a South Carolina state trooper. <laughs> that was his gimmick. I see. And then they put him in a mask and they called him the Patriot, but then they still called him by his real name for some reason. See the guy that would wear like the full like trooper hat and everything. Well, yeah, he, yeah. When he was the trooper, he did that. So I'm thinking of some other old wrestler that was in that classic arcade game. Probably thinking Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, Sergeant Slaughter. He was in the Marines. Yeah, he had the Marine hat. That's what it was. He did the Cobra Clutch because he was a G.I. Joe. Mm. I suppose. I think he actually was in G.I. Joe. I don't know if his character was based on the G.I. Joe character or if the G.I. Joe character <laughs> was based on him. Yeah, I don't know. Perfect for the kids, though. Yep. Sergeant Slaughter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, speaking of a, a slaughterer, <laughs> we get to talk about Mel Gibson and the Patriot today. Oh, Mel Gibson in uh, one of his least violent roles. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's get it started. Welcome back to WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. So he says, wrecked him, damn near killed him. Swear I'm going to change that clip one of these days. You should. It's going to surprise you. You should. Yeah. You've been talking about it for a while. Yeah. It's been that way for like two years, (laughs) I I think. All right. The other voice you hear is Brett, Mr. Positivity. How are you doing? That's me. Chicken Zippers! You'll probably change yours before I change mine again. Probably. (laughs) That's usually how things work. I I move a little bit faster than you on certain things. I've only had two clips. I've had at least three. Yeah. Four. I've had four. Ooh. Well, today is a movie leftover. We're doing The Patriot as we continue our Summer of Sam. Uh, Mel Gibson is the M in our Sam. Yes. So it's that time of the month. We got to talk about Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson's. 
And 4th of July is coming up. So we thought, hey, let's get a little patriotic. It's a good tie-in. Let's stick it to the king. Yeah, fuck England. (laughs) God save King George! (laughs) (laughs) He was being sarcastic. If it wasn't for Mel Gibson, (laughs) we'd still be paying taxes on our tea. Yeah, 2%. to To the king. Fucking 2%. They'd probably still have a king if we didn't win the war. Twice. Remember, they came back for more. Yeah, that was a bad idea. Although they did burn down the White House. I'll give them that. Mm, yeah. Say, so, hey, they accomplished something. That War of 1812 lasted longer than you thought. Yeah. I should have called it the War of 1812-1314. How about that Hundred Years War? What was that about? Was that a thing? How long was the War of 1812? Damn it, I should look. It was like three or four years, I think. It was probably like the Iraq War, where they're like, ah, this will be a piece of cake. We'll just end this real quick, uh, handle our business, get out of here. June 1812 to February 1815. Three years. There you go. This was your first time seeing the Patriot. It was. Expectations going in versus coming out, or what you thought of it? Well, I'm not a big fan of, uh, like, War movies and period pieces, and this is both. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so my expectations weren't extremely high on this. I didn't know what to expect, but I figure how bad could it be? It's Mel Gibson raging on some folks. Well, I, I, let me tell you, I, I mentioned to you after I watched it, the first scene we see Mel Gibson in, he... Uh, He's working on making a uh, like a chair for his kitchen table, mm-hmm. and it breaks, and he just goes ballistic on it, <laughs> and then there's just a stack of chairs in the corner that he's already smashed, and I thought, okay, I, this is going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, Roland Emmerich really uh, shines it up. I didn't realize he had directed it until I saw the credits, and I'm like, oh, wow. Like, that makes sense. This guy this guy directed it? Oh man, I'm in for something here. But it's uh it's a pretty solid movie, you know? A lot of fun. You know, they they kept it uh I think the pacing was good, you know, and uh, cuz that's one of the things like a lot of times they slow it way down for these older movies. Well, there's more slow motion in here than a Zack Snyder movie. Not really the slow motion, but just like the the pacing of like, you just have these long scenes of just like people just talking about stuff that's going on and they use the vernacular of the time, or at least they try to, to make it feel more, you know, highfalutin for Mm -hmm. lack of a better term. Uh, I noticed you used a lot of big words. Nice. Good for you. Um, and they don't really do the whole lot of that unless they, uh. They keep the pacing pretty quick. They they uh, spend a lot more time on the action scenes and, uh, you know, the, the fun stuff. Well, if you're a fan of Roland Emmerich war movies, he's doing another one that comes out this year. Midway. Ooh. Starring part? Woody Harrelson, Luke Evans, Mandy Moore, Patrick Wilson, Aaron Eckhart. I've already seen two Luke Evans movies this Nick year. Nick Jonas? I've seen two Luke Evans movies this year. I don't know if I can sit through a third one. Yeah. They're the two worst movies I've seen this year. 
I saw a movie with Luke Evans the other night. Murder mystery. <laughs> God, he's been busy. <laughs> Fucking Luke Evans. I don't even know what I know him from outside of the two movies I've seen him in this year. Because he was in Ma, and he's in Anna. Okay. And he's kind of a jerk in both. Yeah, Roland Emmerich. I just uh, remember he did uh, Independence Day. Yeah. Just a big blockbuster uh, director. I mean, he started directing in the late 70s, but probably became known first for Universal Soldier, 92, uh, Stargate in 94, Independence Day, 96, Godzilla, 98. Oh, that's right. He did that one. Mm -hmm. And then everybody's like, fuck this guy. Well, two years later, The Patriot, 2000. <laughs> and then 04, The Day After Tomorrow. 08 was 10,000 BC. 09 was 2012. 2011 was anonymous. I'm not sure what that one is. He did the day after tomorrow and 2012. Yeah. Jesus. White House down. I think anonymous was the um, the one about Shakespeare's uh, yep. ghostwriter. Yep. And then uh, Independence Day Resurgence, 2016. So he's been doing uh, pretty steady work. Yep. A lot of movies that I don't care to see in that yeah. list. Yeah. <laughs> He's not uh, not a favorite director of mine, necessarily. <laughs> I mean, I liked Independence Day when it came out. Still probably enjoy it when I watch it again, but... See, I didn't see Independence Day until probably three or four years ago, I don't This isn't even that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when you were a kid in the 90s, it was the shit. I heard you and uh, Jones had a... Or was it Jones or you that said that you would watch it. Oh, yeah, I'd watch it by the day. Because <laughs> it takes place over three days or whatever. Yeah. It starts on July 2nd and then moves into July 3rd and then July 4th. So I used to watch, because the movie's like two and a half hours. Yeah. So I used to watch the second segment on the July 2nd, the 3rd on the 3rd, and 4th on the 4th. <laughs> I did that for like three straight years. Wow. <laughs> A lonely childhood. <laughs> Now, just over the fourth, everyone's gone. Mm -hmm. um, no movies of his I really like outside of, you know, The Patriot and Independence Day. I've never seen Universal Soldier, but. I haven't either. I've seen, uh, well, I haven't seen any of them, but uh, the sequels tend to be more readily available than the original Universal Soldier. It's because they just keep on putting more wrestlers into it. <laughs> Well, Goldberg was the first one to be <laughs> featured. Universal Soldier, The Return. That's the only other one that I know by name. And I yeah. think that came out in like 2000. Yeah, I uh, I hadn't watched this movie in quite a while. I mean, I remember liking it as a kid. Mm -hmm. I suppose I was 14 when this movie came out. But uh, I don't know. I, I look back at it now. It's just kind of a cheesy you know, overproduced war movie. Right. But Mel makes it worth it to watch, I think. <laughs> well, it's such a silly premise, too. Like, this uh, guy who's got seven kids and no wife. Not going to explain why he has no wife. Just like all these other movies that we've done so far. <laughs> There's no explanation as to why you're a single father. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he's such a great warrior that they're gonna bring him out of retirement to single-handedly win the uh 
Revolutionary War. Well, they don't bring him out of retirement. He brings himself out of retirement. Well, the general they. <laughs> the the universal they. Yeah. Yeah, they do combine about four different people. Actually, technically more than that, but four main people went into Benjamin Martin's character. Okay. Or the Benjamin Martin character. The only name I recognized was Cornwalls. Not to be confused with General Cornrow Wallace. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Hey, dog. Hey. (laughs) Stepped on my sneakers. I can't I can't do that. Yeah, I can't do the bird call. Most stuff. <laughs> so I guess we can kind of go over the historical accuracy or lack thereof before we get into it here. Yeah, I didn't look into any of that, so uh, hopefully you have that info. Yeah. I was looking at it earlier. So Benjamin Martin is an amalgamation basically of four different people. And they are uh, Thomas Sumter, Daniel Morgan, Andrew Pickens, and Francis Marion. And from what I read, it seemed like it was a little more based on Francis Marion than the others. Okay. Because Francis Marion uh, was a militia leader in South Carolina known as the Swamp Fox. Because he used to uh, go and hide in the swamps with his men, as they do in here. Right. So I kind of take that as like, well... They probably just took little bits and pieces from all these people, but this one sounds like mostly what they based it on because that's what he does. Yeah. They don't call him the Swamp Fox, call him the Ghost. Because <laughs> he's for Merkin fools, but. So scary. Mm hmm. Because <laughs> when he's attacking, he goes, Ooh. <laughs> Did he? I didn't hear that. I didn't catch it. <laughs> you turn your volume up. <laughs> <laughs> Turn my headphones up. (laughs) Turn them shits up. So, Jason Isaac's character. It's a real dick. (laughs) He is based off of Bannister Tarleton. That is the most British name (laughs) that you could come up with. I believe it's pronounced Bannister. It's B-A-N-A-S-T-R-E. Yeah, probably. Tarleton. (laughs) So after this movie came out, a lot of the Brits were up in arms regarding their depiction of the (laughs) war crimes they commit in here. (laughs) Because not, you know, most of that didn't really happen. At least not the way they say it did. So this Tarleton guy called Bloody Ban or the Butcher in a rebel pamphlets. He was kind of a boogeyman to the Americans, the rebels, Hmm. but it doesn't really seem like he did ever break the rules of war. There was a, a skirmish, I guess that became known as the, the Waxhaw massacre in South Carolina, where it seemed like a rebel commander was, uh, riding in on a white flag to discuss terms and whatnot. And Hmm. I guess a shot rang out and hit Tarleton's horse and he was thrown and knocked out. But his men thought he was shot and killed. So his men like fucking went nuts. Hmm. And then they like charged the rebels and just slaughtered them basically. And the story changes from, you know, which side is telling the story. Yeah, I'm sure. So it's kind of hard to say what really happened. But basically 
Yeah, but the allegedly winner. his men thought he was dead, got pissed off, and they went and murdered a bunch of rebels. And then that became known as oh, he's a butcher. He slaughtered all these men. And well, the winners write write the history books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. I don't know. Maybe I'm confusing it with the Civil War, but I think it was pretty common to burn houses mm-hmm. uh, in villages that you had uh, conquered. Yeah, but it wouldn't be common to burn a church full of people, <laughs> random civilians. Uh, probably not. And that was not known to have happened, but... It's a good plot device. Yeah, I mean, the producers um, talk about getting in touch with the Smithsonian, talking to them about um, different depictions of the American Revolution. Mm-hmm. So it seems like what they got right was the, the kind of the, the setting, the sets, the props... Right. Things like that. A lot of the plot points are just made up or grabbed from a bunch of different places and put together. Yeah. So they went to the Smithsonian and they're like, here's all the facts and all what happened. And they're like, no, thank you. <laughs> that sounds boring as fuck. That's not why we're here. <laughs> Can you make a working musket? Now, did you notice that uh, on Benjamin Martin's farm, there was some... African-Americans working, but they weren't slaves. I did notice. <laughs> I did notice that they made a point that uh, they said we're free people working here of our own. Yeah, we're working the land. Volition. Yeah. <laughs> Even the one that worked in the house who didn't have a name and was just kind of a background object. That uh, pissed off uh, many people, prominently Spike Lee, who... <laughs> said he left the theater with his wife fuming after watching The Patriot. I just find it funny that Spike Lee took his wife to go see The Patriot. (laughs) But uh, they talk about, you know, the whitewashing of the... Because slavery isn't really touched, really, in this movie. Right. And uh, I guess Mel Gibson himself said that if if it was his movie, he would have made him a, a slave owner. Well, I would think that would probably be more historically accurate. Yeah. In 1776. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he's in South Carolina and he's got <laughs> black people technically working for him for money, apparently. There were probably still slaves. I think there were still slaves in the North, too, in yeah. 1776. So. <laughs> yep. But yeah. So it is important to point out that there isn't a lot of historical truth to this movie and it's, it's still like a bit think, overproduced and I still like slick. to think that Mel Gibson single-handedly <laughs> get Cornwallis to back off. Well, when you want to fuck up the British, you hire Mel Gibson. Just that's w- just, that's a rule. Wave that fucking flag. <laughs> Stab a horse with it or something. It was only five years <laughs> earlier that he had already killed hundreds of British. <laughs> a couple <laughs> centuries earlier, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked up Longshanks and his men. I wonder if they're related. For that little bitch Robert the Bruce sold him out. Did uh, did William Wallace have children? Well, <laughs> I know Braveheart, another movie that's very historically inaccurate. <laughs> oh, yeah. you mean he didn't fuck the French princess and you know get no, her pregnant? No, I'm saying are, <laughs> are is Braveheart and the Patriot connected? Are those characters related? Is it the same universe? Could be. <laughs> Is uh, Benjamin Martin a distant descendant of William Wallace? 
I don't know. We have to find out the lineage of Martin, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> but yeah, Mel Gibson will fuck up some British people. Sure will. So yeah, let's get to the details here. I mean, we're not going to go through the whole movie beat by beat since it's two hours and 45 minutes. Yes, it's pretty long. But as I said, it came out in 2000, directed by Roland Emmerich, starring Mel Gibson as Benjamin Martin, Heath Ledger as Gabriel Martin, Jolie Richardson as Charlotte Selton, Jason Isaacs as Colonel William Tavington, Chris Cooper as Colonel Harry Burwell, and the Frenchman, I cannot get his name. T-C-H-E-K-Y. I don't know how to speak French. Uh, he plays uh, Jean Villeneuve. Let's see, Rene Aberhonis as Reverend Oliver. Lisa Brenner as Anne Howard. Tom Wilkinson as General Lord Charles Cornwallis. Donald Logue, or Donald Logue as Dan Scott. Leon Rippey is John Billings. Adam Baldwin, animal mother himself, mm-hmm. is Captain Wilkins. And J. Arlen Jones plays the very stoic Akam. <laughs> he's just there to he's awfully quote high. Oscar bait lines. He's he's awfully high in the uh the billing for how little screen time he had. Yep. Yeah, that's about it for cast, I think. Synopsis. Peaceful farmer Benjamin Martin is driven to lead the colonel militia, the colonial militia, during the American Revolution when a sadistic British officer murders his son. You ever have that? Words you can't get? Well, he is a peaceful farmer, but he's also a fucking war criminal. He's full of rage. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Apparently slaughtered Native Americans and French. At Fort Wilderness. It was the French and Indian War. Yep. You know, there's a scene later in the movie where his son's like, what happened at Fort Wilderness? People keep talking about Fort Wilderness. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's the worst. You're uh, you're going to hate me for this. Uh, it's so graphic. I don't know if you can handle it. Uh, I just went and killed everybody. <laughs> like, no details? <laughs> like, that's... That's not very graphic in how you said it. That's very matter of fact. It's almost like you're whitewashing it a little bit. (laughs) I have long feared that my sins would return to visit me. And the cost is more than I can bear. Starts out like that. Mm-hmm. So you can, he's alluding to the fact that I used to be a pretty messed up dude. Right. <laughs> and he's got a like a, a chest underneath his bed with his old... Uh, Souvenirs? <laughs> guns and tomahawks and shit. And he's yeah. pretty pretty vicious with that tomahawk. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, yeah, it starts off. He's making his chair. Yep. We already mentioned that. And the mail came. Which is exhilarating. Everybody's just like, oh my God, the mail. (laughs) Gonna wait for dad. Post rider. (laughs) Gonna wait for dad. Post ride the whip. I did write down that Mel's wife is dead. 
So they did say that she's dead. Mm-hmm. He says that at the meeting. Probably. I have it even before that. I have it right after he rages against the broken chair. <laughs> <laughs> How about that ponytail, though? He's got the ponytail with the with the sideburns. And he's bringing the Lethal Weapon 3 look back. It's a pretty solid look. So you still got to see Lethal Weapon 3. You can see I his do. ponytail. I do need to see it. It's the worst of them. But <laughs> even worse than four, I like four better than three. Okay, not by much. Well, I can't judge. I haven't. I haven't seen either of them. But anyways, there's a letter summoning them to Charlestown. So they go to Charlestown. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have a pretty long clip from that. Um, I don't have too many long clips today, so this will probably be the the big one, but they're discussing going to war. Chris Cooper's down there trying to recruit. Can I say, they meet his wife's sister there. Mm -hmm. I think it's her sister. I was to believe that it was her sister. And she says, like, they look, the kids look well-fed or something like that. And uh, Benjamin Martin says, they're from good stock. On their mother's side, of course. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if that was a fat joke. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of possible double entendres. They do um, it again I'm bring later. Up one later. They do it again later, but they it's reversed. Yeah. The, the, the sister is saying they're from good stock on their father's side. Mm-hmm. I assume it wasn't meant to be a fat joke, but I took yeah. it as that probably is a fat joke. She did have seven kids. It's hard to keep the baby weight off. Yeah. And how about Mel? Just like no qualms about it. Like I'm, I'm going after my dead wife's sister <laughs> right away. Right. <laughs> As were the times. Yeah. Uh, at least later in the movie when they, before they kiss, she, you know, they're sitting and talking and she goes, I'm not my sister. <laughs> he goes, I know. <laughs> and then they just kiss. <laughs> whole lot of streamlined romance in there. I know and I don't care. And then in the streets there's a bunch of effigies burning and just indiscriminate gunshots. The war has been raging for a little while now because they reference Bunker Hill and yeah. whatnot. But uh, yeah, here's the clip where they're all discussing it. And uh, uh, Melly Gibson's pretty anti-war. Now, at least. <laughs> Our first order of business. And our last, if we vote a levy. Order. Order. Mr. Sims, you do not have the floor. Our first order of business will be an address by Colonel Harry Burwell of the Continental Army. Colonel Burwell. You all know why I'm here. I'm not an orator. And I would not try to convince you of the worthiness of our cause. I'm a soldier. And we are at war. From Philadelphia, we expect a declaration of independence. Eight of the 13 colonies have levied money in support of a continental army. I ask that South Carolina be the ninth. Massachusetts and Virginia may be at war, but South Carolina is not. This is not a war for the independence of one or two colonies but for the independence of one nation. And, uh, yes, what nation is that? 
an American nation. There is no such nation, and to speak of one is treason. We are citizens of an American nation, and our rights are being threatened by a tyrant 3,000 miles away. Would you tell me, please, Mr. Howard, why should I trade one tyrant 3,000 miles away for 3,000 tyrants one mile away? <laughs> An elected legislature can trample a man's rights as easily as a king can. Captain Martin, I understood you to be a patriot. If you mean by patriot, am I angry about taxation without representation? Well, yes, I am. Should the American colonies govern themselves independently? I believe they can, and they should. But if you're asking me, am I willing to go to war with England, well, then the answer is most definitely no. This from the same Captain Benjamin Martin, whose fury was so famous during the wilderness campaign. I was intemperate in my youth. Temperance can be a convenient disguise for fear. Mr. Middleton, I fought with Captain Martin under Washington in the French and Indian War. There's not a man in this room or anywhere, for that matter, to whom I would more willingly trust my life. There are alternatives to war. We take our case before the king. We plead with him. Yes, we've tried that. Well, then we try again and again, if necessary, to avoid a war. Benjamin, I was at Bunker Hill. The British advanced three times, and we killed over 700 of them at point-blank range, and still they took the ground. That is the measure of their resolve. If your principles dictate independence, then war is the only way. It has come to that. I have seven children. My wife is dead. Now, who's to care for them if I go to war? Wars are not fought only by childless men. Granted. But mark my words. This war will be fought not on the frontier or on some distant battlefield, but amongst us, among our homes. Our children will learn of it with their own eyes. And the innocent will die with the rest of us. I will not fight. And because I will not fight, I will not cast a vote that will send others to fight in my stead. Showing some early resolve. Mm-hmm. I thought you were patriots. Why? Because I murdered women and children? <laughs> he was intemperate at his youth. <laughs> so yeah, he doesn't want to fight because he's going to take care of his kids. Mm. But then his oldest son... Enlists in the army. Yep. I also love that quote in there. The, why should I trade one tyrant 3,000 miles away for 3,000 tyrants one mile away? Right. Kind of makes you think now. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, God. He's kind of right. Well, yeah. not kind of. He is right, but. Still better than having a king. Yeah. God save the queen, though, right? Gotta say. <laughs> gotta say better having better... Than having a king. See, Anne's dad was there. 
The guy with uh, the fake legs. Who? The guy I can't hear. Oh, that guy. Okay. Because uh, he lost his leg, I believe, in the French and Indian War. I didn't even notice that he didn't have legs. Well, <laughs> as it goes, he talks about how he gave up one of his legs in the war, and the government <laughs> takes his other leg with taxes. <laughs> like yeah fucking taxes the two percent i'll do it uh-huh. we're up to like 37 38 percent nowadays we used to go over to war over two good thing we're not in the one percent because then they take everything yep <laughs> all right uh so yeah as you said uh heath ledger enlists against his father's wishes yes his name is gabriel Yep. Old Gabe. So like the rest of the kids are just sitting on the front porch waiting for the uh the battle to come to them. And, and it eventually it, does. <laughs> and it does. <laughs> that would be something, huh? Just sitting at home and look out your window and all of a sudden a battle just erupts. That'd be awful. Spills into your fields. Like they saw it beyond the tree line, you could see the mm-hmm. hear the gunshots and see the bombs blowing up and stuff, um, and then just all of a sudden they were there. And then, uh, what Gabriel is wounded, and he just busts into the the house, mm-hmm. and then everybody else starts lining up on the front porch for triage. There's mostly British soldiers there, right? Um. I don't know if they're... I think it was a mix. That's the thing, because there were some other rebels besides Heath Ledger. Because I think they were just treating anybody who was wounded. Mm-hmm. That's where we meet uh, Mr. Colonel Douchebag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really good in here. Jason Isaacs. He's really good at being an asshole. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah, I got a clip from that scene. He's clearly the most hateable character in this movie. Well, of course. Like, he's so over-the-top evil. It's ridiculous. Rebel dispatches, sir. Who carried this? this I did sir I was wounded these people gave me care they have nothing to do with the dispatches take this one to Camden here's a spy hang him put his body on display he's a dispatch rider and that's a marked case destroy the livestock save the horses for the dragoons colonel this is a uniformed dispatch rider and carrying a marked case. He cannot be held as a spy. Well, we're not going to hold him. We're going to hang him. Colonel. Father. Oh, I see. He's your son. Well, perhaps you should have taught him something of loyalty. Colonel, I beg you, please reconsider. By the rules of war. Rules of war. Would you like a lesson, sir? in the rules of war. Or perhaps your children will. Oh, 
No lesson is necessary. Sir, what of the rebel wounded? Kill them. Just ruthless. He does not give a fuck. Hey, he's got a war to win. Fresh out of Fox. <laughs> Fresh out. Then they burn the house. They take the... I was just going to say, right before this scene is when... Well, the boy who gets shot here. Yes. Um, Thomas gets shot. Thomas. Uh, the scene before, he's trying to persuade old Ben Martin to allow him to enlist. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's like, you're 15... You wait till you're 17. You know, that's right. two more years. Right. War could be over by then. God willing. Right. But think about it. You're 15. I could see, you know, dumb 15 year olds wanting to right. pick up arms and go be a hero in the war. Mm-hmm. Still, though, it's just like, Jesus. Life was just a little bit different back then. Sure was. We didn't have social media poisoning your mind. Yeah, if your wife died, you didn't go on a date. So you just snagged your sister. Yeah, just when it was convenient, though. <laughs> when you're both in the same city. Yeah. Yeah, Thomas got shot. They take Gabriel away to hang him. Uh, they burn the house. They kill all the wounded, and then they take all the black people who are not slaves, who they think are slaves but aren't slaves. Well, they know they're not slaves because that's who the uh, uh, the black people told that, yeah, we, we right. worked the land. Right. I believe Ben Martin corroborated. <laughs> and then, uh, let's see. Yeah, so uh, that's the catalyst for getting Ben Martin off his ass <laughs> and into the war. He goes up to that uh, that trunk underneath his bed. Gets his old uh, souvenirs, as you called them, the mm-hmm. the tomahawk and the, all his guns and shit. And he takes his two younger boys and says, come on, we got business to take care of. The rest of the kids got to go to the aunt's house. Right. Or new mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> it's your stepmom slash aunt. As old Ben Martin's going to ambush the plan with his two little boys. And they're... Uh, yeah, they they pull off a pretty sick ambush. He's quite the strategist, you know. He has he has both his kids uh, a rifle. Yep. And he tells the one after your first shot, just reload for your brother. Yep. All time. And I'm just gonna be running around <laughs> shooting and right. fucking weaving in and out. Right. He's got I don't know how many guns he has, but he leans a bunch of them against a bunch of different trees, mm-hmm. and he'll. He shoots one, and then he runs to the other tree, shoots the other one, and then he goes to the next one, shoots the next one, and just keeps going and going and going until everybody's, you know, down or he's out of bullets. And then he charges in with the tomahawk. And so they don't... The, the British, boys are... Of course, they're good shots. Yeah, they're the British have no them. idea how many people are out there. They just think <laughs> they're just, like, surrounded by everybody. It was like there was a ghost... Out there, it was because they're just like they just get a quick glimpse of uh, of Ben Martin, and then uh, then he's gone, and then there there's one is. soldier that survives, right? And he's telling the tale. Yeah, I don't know how he survived though, because like everybody was down. He must have been playing dead. 
probably just got shot and he's one of the first ones probably and then just yeah. laying there. And then the last guy gets it the worst because he gets tomahawked in the face about 15 times. Yeah, that scene. <laughs> I just have written down my notes. Like Mel fucking loses it. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's so funny. It goes into like slow motion again, of course, and the blood is just spraying all over his face and chest. <laughs> right. And then it cuts away to the kids. Yeah. So they're kind of watching or looking on in horror. Right. And you can just hear him in the background <sighs> screaming <laughs> and <laughs> crunch, crunch, squish. Oh man. Yeah, you can tell there's there's something not quite right about Ben Martin <laughs> when it comes to violence. It's kind of funny how matter of fact the conversation he had with his sons about the ambush. Yeah. Just like, well, you know, you guys are like, what, 11? Get ready to murder. <laughs> right? <laughs> just keep shooting. I know that's how it had to be back in the day when it was just you and your family out there. And Well, you already had one brother murdered right in front of you. Yeah. And the other one's about to be murdered. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, then right after he's done slicing up that dude both the kids give a look like don't ever mess with dad (laughs) (laughs) he's a fucking psycho (laughs) no wonder the kids are so well behaved (laughs) they grew up that day yeah uh then i think uh, we get to a battle that the british kind of easily win well, if Gabriel walks out, even though Ben forbade it. So I don't remember what that was. Was that them? I honestly don't remember what that was. It's about around the time that he talks to Chris Cooper, and he gets kind of, that's when he gets his own men and his son to serve under him. Oh, okay. Kind of yeah. like his own outfit. Yeah, because then he, he recruits the militia right after that. Yeah. Where did they go first? I don't. Uh, well, they split up to visit various nearby towns oh yeah i I just wrote down he recruited a militia i didn't write any specifics but yeah they went to a tavern or whatever like a, a bar yeah that's where that uh king george line comes from god save king george because <laughs> uh, they walk into this bar and uh who's he with i forget he's i think he's with the french guy could be he's like uh, is this the Best place to find recruits, you think? I don't know. <laughs> so to test the waters, he says, you know, God save King George and music fucking cuts. <laughs> A violin, you know, like goes off the strings. Yeah. And everyone turns around and starts throwing shit at him. <laughs> yep, this is the place. It was funny, though. Like he set up a table and then they had a line of people wanting to volunteer. And there was like a like a five-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. And he was disappointed that he got turned down. Get me some red coats. <laughs> but yeah, so he recruits his militia, and then they just have a montage of them just ambushing the fuck out of <laughs> British soldiers. A little guerrilla warfare. Yeah. Yeah, it brings up a fun point. Whenever you, know, you study the Revolutionary War or see things on it, everyone used to fight so stupid back in the day. 
right it's just standing in front of because it was you know we're all gentlemen here this right. is the, it's got to be very gentlemanly they just make, noble and all would, that yeah they would make two lines in a field facing each other and then they would like take turns shooting at each other yep like one would you just duck <laughs> one would shoot the other would load and then they'd you know they'd switch yeah, they have two lines. It's crazy, though, that nobody was just like, all right, well, it's their turn to shoot now, so I got to stand here. <laughs> right. I'm in the deck. Yeah. But then you're, you know, then you're seen as less than a man, you know? Yeah. Do you have any honor, sir? Right. They always uh, make fun of the British for wearing red coats when you learn about the uh, the Revolutionary War, too, because the Americans are like, Fuck these rules about standing away from each other. We're going to, you know, ambush you in the swamps. And we could see you because you were wearing bright red. Yeah. <laughs> Strategic mistake. <laughs> um, I have a clip here. This is the first clip with uh, Cornwallis and uh, Tavington. This is after they found his journal? I'm not sure. This is where he kind of gives him a lecture about the way to go about things, you know, you'll honor me and you serve the King and hmm. you got to quit committing war crimes is what he's telling them. Okay. All right. Here's the clip. It skirts the mountain and then extends down towards the headwater here and right across to the far bank of the Ohio river. It's a hundred thousand acres. It's an imposing land ground, my Lord. You will be a country unto yourself. His Majesty is most generous, my lord. Though, of course, your service in this war more than warrants such a gift. Yes, this is how His Majesty rewards those who fight for him as gentlemen. I dare to presume my own meager contributions will be rewarded one day. You may presume too much. His Majesty, like history, judges us not only by the outcome of the war, but the manner in which it was fought. My Lord. We serve the crown, and we must conduct ourselves accordingly. Surrendering troops will be given quarter. These brutal tactics must stop. Is it not enough, my Lord, that I have never lost a battle? You serve me, and the manner in which you serve me reflects upon me. I would have thought that a gentleman from a family as esteemed as yours would understand that. My late father squandered any esteem in which we were held, along with my inheritance. I advance myself only through victory. You advance yourself only through my good graces. These colonials are our brethren, and when this conflict is over, we will re-establish commerce with them. Do you understand, Colonel? Perfectly, my lord. Liar. Does, liar, liar, pants on fire. Does not understand. He's going to totally just ignore everything that Cornwallis told him. Well, technically, I don't think he commits more war crimes until after Cornwallis is like, yeah, all right, go ahead and do your war crimes. Because hmm. when he comes back and saying, you know, if you really want me to catch this man, I have to use brutal tactics. We have to burn down a church full of people. Mm -hmm. 
who aren't fighting against us. Yeah, you're not going to establish commerce with them again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so at some point they find Cornwallis's uh, personal journal. Yep. After one of the ambushes, they also blow up a British supply ship. Mm-hmm. That's when uh, Martin Riggs shows up to calm down the dogs. I suppose you haven't seen Lethal Weapon three and four. No. They go into more depth uh, of how in tune uh, Martin Riggs is with dogs, mm. specifically in three, also in four. But there's a bunch of Mel Gibson movies where he's just friendly with dogs. Interesting. Yeah, it's like he has a. He's like he's like the fucking dog whisperer, <laughs> basically. So this was kind of playing off of that. I see. I mean, you know, Mad Max, he's got the loyal dog, at least in the Road Warrior. Yeah, he does, yeah. But, yeah. He has a special kinship with the animals. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Well, it's more notice- noticeable after you see Lethal Weapon 3 and 4. Okay. Okay. Yeah, how about that scene where uh, Gabriel goes and visits his girl? Now, what did she put in the tea? Was it just ink? Ink, because they had that story earlier about how he did that to her. Put ink in the tea, and then she mm-hmm. drank it, and her teeth were full of ink. Yeah. Why was it they they sewed him into his bed? Hmm? They sewed him into his bed. Uh, I guess I missed what you're talking about. Like they wrapped him up in cloth and then sewed it shut while he was in bed. Yeah, I must have been taking notes. It was right before he drank the tea okay. with the ink in it. Mm. It was very strange. Yeah. Um, you were talking about possible double entendre jokes. So he keeps on asking... Anne's dad, you know, can I write Anne? And things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, sir, you know, may I write to Anne? And he's like, what? He says, can I write her? And Anne says, yes, you, you have his permission. And she looks over to her dad. And he goes, to write me. He goes, <laughs> oh, write you. I was like, does he think he said rape or something? Probably ride. Ride? I guess I could see that. It's closer to to write than rape. (laughs) Why is he asking permission to rape? (laughs) That's not how that works. (laughs) I wasn't thinking ride. And so I was like, I think they're trying to make some sort of a joke. Because it's like, oh, he can't hear. Yeah. Because they already did a couple of things where like he heard something the wrong way and he repeated it differently than how it was said. Hmm. So I was like, oh, what what was he thinking he said? It's <laughs> like, to write, what does that sound like? You didn't make that leap? Right, no. ride. Yeah, ride makes more sense. Maybe my mind was just in the gutter. I, no comment. I thought that's, you know, the father looked offended when he heard it. Well, I think if he thought he said ride, he would be offended. <laughs> yeah. My daughter's not a horse. <laughs> Uh, so where does that lead us to next? Well, they, they kiss and spread the ink around. Right. Yeah. 
And then uh, from there, the the militia gets uh, they get flanked and outnumbered, and they lose. Uh, twenty two were killed, eighteen were wounded, and twenty were missing. Mm-hmm. And so they're licking their wounds after that, and that's when uh, we get the story about Fort Wilderness that is so captivating <laughs> and full of details. Yeah, or lack thereof. <laughs> right. Um, there's two guys that come back later and that had gotten away. So it brings the total of capture men down to 18. Yeah. And so old Ben Martin's going to go try to barter for the men's lives. And they have a nice little scheme worked out. Sure do. So Ben Martin rides to the, I guess, British headquarters, basically. Well, they're having like a ball. Yeah, that's when the ship blows up, though. Oh, that's right. Oh, fireworks. Why are you Lovely. having a why are you having a ball in the middle of a fucking war zone? Because they're bougie, I guess. Aristocrats. That's why we hate them. We're you know, we don't we're not going to put up much of a fight. We're a bunch of Boo. bunch of farmers and peasants. <laughs> There's no way we could win our independence. Right. This is it's in the bag. It sure is. But yeah, he goes to their headquarters basically under a white flag, you know, he wants to parlay with them. My favorite part of this scene is while he's waiting for Cornwallis to come meet with him, he's admiring a, ch- a chair in the corner and trying to figure out how it was put together so that it wouldn't break when you sat on it. Because he's a terrible carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> that he is. He's like, ah, I'll be damned type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's how you do it. I never thought of that. Uh, so yeah, he meets Cornwallis and, uh, he says he'll exchange what he has 18 or 20 officers. They'll exchange for his prisoners. Yeah. Little does Cornwallis know it's actually just scarecrows with <laughs> British uniforms on. It's like, look over there. That's where we're keeping them. Yeah. They'll, you know, go ahead and wave to them. Take a look through this telescope. Look at this blurry image at the end. So Cornwallis is fine. And he brought him his dogs. Yep. And the dogs actually like uh, old Ben Martin better. Yep. Um, rewatching it this time is funny when uh, right after this clip I'm going to play, when he tells off fucking Jason Isaacs, mm-hmm. he, you hear him whistle and the dogs run out of the room. Right. They're going to chase after him. So he kind of gets to keep the dogs after all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, here's the clip where... Jason Isaacs is not too happy about the prisoner release. Yes. Release the prisoners! General, what is this? Prisoner exchange. He has 18 of our officers. Who is he? I recognize him. He's the commander of the militia. Your ghost. Say that sort, Colonel! He rode in under a white flag for a formal parley. This is madness. If you harm him, you condemn our officers. General, with respect, sir, he's killed as many officers in the last two months. He has shown no aggression here, hence he cannot be touched. Has he not? You! Well, you're the ghost, are you? I remember you and that farm, that stupid little boy.
Did he die? Hmm? You know, it's an ugly business doing one's duty. But just occasionally, it's a real pleasure. Before this war's over, I'm going to kill you. Promises. That's foreshadowing. Promises, promises. Before this war is over, I'm going to kill you. Sure is. Uh, let's see. Looks like the next thing that happens is they raid Charlotte's house. I think Charlotte is the sister. Yep. And everybody's hiding in the cellar from the Brits. Because this is about the time where Cornwallis is fed up and he gives permission to... Uh, Tavington to use his brutal tactics. Right. And then uh, Charlotte and the kids escape, but the uh, the black folks get shot, and then they burn the house. Yep. They make up for it, though, by burning all the white folks later. I can't imagine why Spike Lee didn't like this movie. <laughs> There's just no slaves in the South. Everyone's <laughs> working. They're working the land. <laughs> I'm sure they're getting a fair wage. Who's John? Do you remember which one is John? Yeah, John Billings, right? Yeah, He's probably. one that ends up leaving because his uh, family's murdered. Yep, and then he kills himself. Yep. That's right, he doesn't leave. Well, he leaves this earth. <laughs> his, his wife and kid are dead, and his, and his house is burned, and he killed himself. Because what are you going to do? War is hell, as they say. Doesn't stop Gabriel from getting married. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, it's not long after is the old makeout sesh with Ben and uh, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. That's about when they they kiss, and then right after that is pretty much when the town is taken over. Everyone's slaughtered because people are just yeah. riding up to town like it's a normal day, and they're like, "Hey, uh, Adam Baldwin is the, is there?" They're asking us to meet in the church so we can you know, have a little meeting. Right. So all this is happening when uh, the soldiers from the militia are on furlough because like, a bunch of shit happened. and Yeah, they just start targeting those soldiers' families. Even before that, uh, before they, they do the church stuff, Ben is leaving to go back to re-meet with the militia. And I guess they... I was pretty touched when his uh, youngest daughter uh, finally spoke up and said, Daddy, don't go. <laughs> it was pretty touching. Yeah, she didn't uh, She didn't speak before he left, and after he had left, she had started speaking. And, uh, yeah, when he came back, she was mad that he left, so she wasn't talking yeah. to him. It was almost like she was afraid of him. It wouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even see him ask that dude. I'm sure the, his littlest boys told stories of their dad in the woods. <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> you don't want to know what that happened. Um, he was chopping this one guy, and then he was chopping this other guy. And, and then this last one, he just <laughs> chopped and chopped and chopped. 
Oh. He was covered in blood. And then he promises little Susan that he'll come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's a tear-jerking moment. Just lying right to her face. <laughs> he ends up following through on that promise. He's but... a fucking superhero. <laughs> <laughs> he's no John Matrix. Yeah. But uh, he's up there. He's pretty close. As far as being indestructible. Because, yeah, even the uh, the cannons can't touch him. <laughs> So we already saw a cannonball take off some guy's head. I think at the end is when it takes off a guy's leg. Yeah. It's pretty graphic stuff with the cannonballs. Right. So, yeah, they're, Ben's not sure if any of the soldiers are going to come back from furlough because they've had to go through some shitty stuff. And they all come back. Except for the British don't give a shit about them. They go and kill all the civilians in the church. Yep. And then I wrote, some loser rats out Ben. Oh, yeah, they invaded the church, and they're like, where's Ben Martin? And some guy's like, oh, he's over there. Yeah. And then they burned down the church anyways. <laughs> yeah. Way to go, guy. With that guy still inside. Way to go, guy. Was yeah, it worth it? Because they kill that guy still, too, right? They don't let him go. Yeah, they just lock everybody in, and they burn it down. Adam Baldwin, the lone voice of reason amongst the Brits. Right, He's a loyalist. Hmm. He's loyal to the to the king but uh yeah kind of a stark contrast from his character in full metal jacket right animal mother well he's not as bad as the guy in the helicopter but (laughs) i don't think anybody is get some (laughs) get some get some get some get some (laughs) that's one of my favorite scenes from that movie It's, it's so dumb, but and it's so short. Get some, true. Get some. <laughs> you just don't lead them as much. Uh, yeah. So the militia ended up coming back and finding the church, and uh, as apparently Ben found his wife's pendant in the uh, the church's ashes. I think I met Gabriel. Yeah, not, not Ben. Because Gabriel got married and then his wife got burned to death. Mm -hmm. And then it's the big standoff between the militia and the Brits. Before we get there, I wanted to bring up, you know, we were talking about Charlotte and Ben. And the night after, I guess the night of that they kissed. Yeah. They're all laying in bed. There's like kids around everywhere, you know, they're not just together. But Mel's kind of, it seems like he's sleeping. And he opens up his eyes and... Charlotte is just fucking staring at him while he's sleeping. <laughs> like, very creepy. Like, I was like, Jesus, fucking psycho, go to bed. He's not going anywhere. His wife's already dead. Fucking thirsty. <laughs> she was hurting for it. I bet. That's around the time where they, uh, they did the, these kids are made of good stock. Yeah. On their father's side. It's like, I get it. You want his dick. Yeah. So, as we said, Cavington, I think I was saying Tavington. It's Cavington. And Tarleton was his real name. But Cavington is he's an Isaacs, and he goes scorched earth over everybody. <laughs> he sure does. Yeah, this pretty much leads us up to the final battle, I think, doesn't it? I think so. Well, it looks like. There's like well, a, we, we should mention... Uh, there's like a smaller battle and then the big one. We should mention that right after the church burning, 
Heath Ledger loses it and immediately, you know, heads off after uh, Jason Isaacs and all his men. Yeah. So it's him and a smaller group of men that are way off in front of Ben Martin. Mm-hmm. And they do some work. Yeah. They kill pretty much everyone except Cavington. And he does shoot him. Yep. And then uh, Cavington stabs them to death. Yeah, he, he plays dead. Which is a dick move. Apparently mm-hmm. that's a war crime against the Geneva Convention now. Apparently. So that on Twitter, so it must be true. <laughs> Yeah, at this point, uh, Ben pulls the flag out, so you know it's going down. The regulars join forces with the militia, so we got full strength on the American side. And all the race relations have healed because uh, Denal Logan uh, <laughs> talked to the uh, the stoic black character. Yes. I don't know, I'm honored to stand with you and fight. That's right. He's been giving him shit the whole movie. Yeah, because he had to serve one year to get his freedom. Yeah, what would you do with freedom? <laughs> you wouldn't even know what to do with it. That type of thing. He was on that Grounded for Life show. Yeah, I remember him being on a bunch of comedies, and then like, why is this fucker in the Patriot? He was just on on Fox for like twelve years on different shows. I think he might add something on the WB hmm. in there too. And then he was on clip shows on VH1 all the time, too. Okay. <laughs> Just yeah. making jokes. And then all of a sudden he's in like some serious movie roles, mm-hmm. which is weird. But yeah, Ben gets the flag out, and he's just murking motherfuckers. Just slashing people with his axe, shooting people. There's a stark contrast to Braveheart in here. Because when he shows up for the final battle, you think, all right, here we go. We get another Braveheart speech. <laughs> Let's do it, Mel. And then he doesn't. Yeah. And like the night before, he walks around to the men. He's like, I think you guys can shoot twice tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's his big ass. Because obviously it takes a lot of time to reload. Right. And you're going to have to face at least one um, shot from the Brits. Right. So <laughs> you guys do me a favor and shoot twice. Tomorrow. Just shoot twice. They're like, you know, that's that's quite a big ask. And he's like, I know. That's why I'm not asking for three. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no big speech really to speak of. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's a huge battle. Ben, like I said, he's murking people. And then, like, the U.S. is starting to retreat, and he's like, fuck that. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Well, first they use that... Uh, um, kind of against the British because the British knew that the militia is very unreliable. Right. At least much less so than the Continental Army, you know, regulars. Mm-hmm. So they use that to their advantage. Uh, use that to their advantage where they have the militia in the center going straight at them. Right. And then retreat basically after one or two shots. And uh, they just lead them over a hill. So when everyone starts running over the hill, you know, everyone's there waiting for them. Mm-hmm. You know, to fire on them. But it's like they get down pretty far, like over the hill. It's like they see what's in front of them and they keep <laughs> on going. Right. But then I wrote, wave that flag, USA, USA, <laughs> USA. Hold the line. 
just run around with that flag. There's so many different <laughs> slow motion shots oh, with him in the flag. It's amazing. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty incredible. <laughs> and the, the best part is uh, Cavington's charging on his horse. And Mel puts the flagpole right through that horse's heart. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Joust the horse. And I thought, he does the same thing he did in Braveheart like, as he does in that, here. That is amazing. Yeah, because in Braveheart, they all got the uh, the spears. They brought up the last second to joust the horses <laughs> to defeat the cavalry. Oh, so good. So he does it again. Apparently, that flag is strong enough to... <laughs> It goes right stop through a horse. It. it goes right through the horse because then he <laughs> takes it out and starts waving it again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so then uh, Cavington and Ben square off. I'll tell you what, Brad, those colors don't run. They don't. <laughs> they don't. Oh, man. Yeah, then it's uh, mano y mano. Hand and hand. Hmm? He said mano y mano. That means hand and hand. Oh, wait. Isn't it mano y mano? You mean mano a mano. Mano a mano? Hand to hand. Mano means hand. Yeah. Ah means two. Okay. E means and. Mano y mano. Hand and hand means like they're holding hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes I mumble a little bit, Brett. <laughs> I'm a bit of a mumbler. Your Spanish is weak for somebody from outstate Minnesota. <laughs> oh, Yeah. You don't say. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, he finally finishes off Cavington. Well, I got a clip here from that. Do you have a clip from that? See, Mel would have just shot him right away. He was going to pull an Indiana Jones and just shoot him and be done with it. Yeah. But a uh, bomb goes out behind him and, I guess, hinders his aim. And so, mm. he hits Cavington in the arm. Yeah. He just brushes that off. He's like, eh, fuck it. Second <laughs> time I've been shot in a week. Right. <laughs> He ends up slicing up uh, Ben Martin pretty good. Yeah. And he's about to cut his head off. But I got a clip from that. He just ducks it and swoops under and hits him with the bayonet. There you go. Kill me before the war is over, will you? It appears you are not the better man. Have them three fucking times. That first time you could just hear the blood just gushing out of them. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was perfect because what you hear is almost worse than what you see. Right. Uh, but yeah, it really shows how fucking Mel loses it a couple of times in here. <laughs> I think he's been dead, Mel. You don't have to stab him again. <laughs> I wish he would have ran and got his axe again and brought it back over and started <laughs> hacking away at his dead body. <laughs> that would have been great. Everyone just kind of stops what they're doing, fighting, like, get a load of this guy over here. He's really lost it. <laughs> but, he, but he's got to pick up the flag and charge again at the <laughs> British who start to retreat. Hold the line. 
Yeah, it was brought up before that you're supposed to fight like gentlemen. You know, the Brits aren't too happy about him picking off officers. Yeah. Because, you know, we need men to lead. Right. You know, if there's no one leading, it'll just be chaos. Yeah, officers were like off uh, limits from violence. Or so it seemed. Unless you're Mel Gibson, then you go for them first. Yeah. Because his reasoning was, well, you're burning houses down and you're committing war crimes and stuff like right. that. Which is somewhat reasonable, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it's, God, it's so weird how people fought back in the day. <laughs> no, right? Well, Cornwallis eventually surrendered and America. America. Like, that's the last thing I wrote. America. I know, she's just pumping a bunch of Team America lines right now. <laughs> USA. 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 Fuck and yeah, if, America. If you want to support the USA, you can get a WTM USA t-shirt. There you go. Or 4th of July. several other items at uh, teespring.com slash store slash WTM watch this movie. It's, uh, I don't know if you'll get it in time for the 4th of July now, but uh, it's going to be pretty sweet all year round if you're, you know, a patriot like we are. <laughs> Or like Mel, Mel the Patriot. Yeah. You know, gotta love it. Like you said, these colors don't run. Kind of like Cornwallis, huh? Sign the retreat. Sound. Retreat. (laughs) Sound. Retreat. I was reading about this online, and it was funny. As somebody pointed out that, like, the Patriot has got to be the worst name for this movie because he's not a patriot. Right. He doesn't do it for <laughs> love of country or America. He does it because they killed his, <laughs> his son <laughs> and uh, continued to try and harm his other son and family and whatnot. There's like, they should have called it the Family Man. Is what they should have called it. They should have called it the Punisher. <laughs> yeah. Same plot as the Punisher. <laughs> More or less. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean it's very similar. His wife is already dead in here, so the British couldn't kill his wife. And he only lost two sons. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of fun. The ending is the best part. Oh, just the the fight scene or just all the rah rah USA shit. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just waving the flag. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Mel Gibson stabbing the shit out of that asshole. Yeah, it's funny because he's, you know, he picks up the flag to inspire people to hold the line and, you know, keep press on, don't retreat. And right. it's so funny. He's just emphatically waving that flag <laughs> to beat no end. And then uh, then he starts killing people with it. And it's pretty it's pretty fun. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I imagine this did OK in America, but I, I don't think there's much of a international audience for it. If I'm being honest, because yeah. it's really American. I'm sure the Aussies liked it. They get to stick oh, to they, the British they and they the got, British and, they, got, and right. they like Mel. Yeah. And Heath. <laughs> they got Heath Ledger in there. Yeah. Two of the right. biggest patriots are Australian. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mel was born here. Okay. Which just, which just goes to show my point that they keep bringing in foreigners to take away these American <laughs> acting jobs. Dicker 
good jobs. What would be the equivalent on the like a British movie where you could put an American in there as a British person who's uh, like super patriotic for the British and they're I'm always kind the bad of guys. like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. They're always the bad guys though, because they were the uh, colonialists, yeah. oppressing of the world, imperialists. The um, sun never sets on the British uh, oppression. Mm-hmm. That's how the saying goes, right? You know, Kevin Costner played Robin Hood, and he's representative of the commoner. Yeah. Common British folk, I guess, fighting against corruption and whatnot. So that's, you know, and Kevin Costner famously did not attempt an accent. He just talks like regular. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone else is British. (laughs) I still haven't seen that, but I've heard that story many times. You should check that movie out. It's pretty sweet. Is it though? It's a lot of fun. Is it? It's well, a, Morgan Freeman plays Azim. You got Morgan Freeman in there. It's a period piece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, you got Christian Slater oh plays Will Scarlet. Alan Rickman is the sheriff Nottingham. Are all these people playing British people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hollywood probably saw that. Well, I mean, they probably Morgan saw- Freeman isn't. He plays a Moor. He's Moorish. I see. see. He's a prisoner with uh, Robin Hood in the beginning. They both escape. Like uh, Christopher Walken in True Romance? <laughs> yes. The <laughs> Moors. The Moors did conquer Sicily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a cantaloupe. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, Alan Rickman is amazing in there as... The sheriff. But he's got the worst British accent in the whole movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. There's some good stuff in there. It's funny because it was a big promo for uh, Brian Adams. Oh, yeah. It was like the theme song to that movie. Is that Brian Adams song? The whole credits is all Brian Adams. Yeah. And so it really takes you out of it for it to be a fucking period piece. (laughs) And then all of a sudden Brian Adams comes on. Who is that? Uh, is it Everything I Do? Is yep. that the one? I do it for you. <laughs> There's a UFC fighter that came out to that just a couple weeks ago. <laughs> the big uh, Simone dude from uh, Australia. Big There's head. a music video where they put in all these clips from the movie. <laughs> it was you know, cross-marketed and whatnot. It was very strange to see a, this just massive heavyweight fighter coming out to throw hands and it's... Everything I do, <laughs> I do it for you. <laughs> did they play the Summer of 69 on there, too? They did not, unfortunately. It's about the sex act. So yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. That's a, it's a fun movie, though. You check it out sometime. Maybe I will. <laughs> Maybe I will. All right. Well, any other thoughts? Should we get into fun facts? We can do fun facts. Hey, everybody. Here's some fun facts. So Mel Gibson was paid $25 million for the making of this film. Holy shit. It was pretty big at the time. God damn. So the budget for this movie was $110 million, which still at the time was fucking massive. <laughs> right? That's a lot of money. Sure, after Independence Day, everyone was like, here, you can have as much money as you want. Because <laughs> I'm sure Godzilla 
It didn't do that well, but it made enough money, I think. I don't think Godzilla bombed as bad as some people make it out to be. Yeah. Because I know, like, a lot of people were excited to go see it. And maybe they didn't like it after they saw it, but Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people still went and saw it. Because it was, like, the first American Godzilla movie and, like, the first Godzilla movie in forever, I think. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. But it was a big deal to have Godzilla in New York. Yeah. Here's a fun fact. During a rough day of filming, producer Dean Devlin noticed most of the extras looking tired and stressed from doing several takes while wearing heavy heavy costumes in the 100-degree South Carolina heat. Uh, during a break, Devlin suggested to Mel Gibson that he recite his famous freedom speech from Braveheart to cheer them up. Uh, Gibson got on a horse and proceeded to give the speech, which he still had memorized, boosting their morale. (laughs) Here's another fun fact. So when teaching Mel Gibson and Heath Ledger how to shoot a muzzle-loading rifle, technical advisor Mark Baker gave them the advice to aim small, miss small, meaning that if you aim at a man and miss, you miss the man. Well, if you aim at a button, for instance, and miss, you still hit the man. Uh, Gibson liked this bit of advice uh, so much that he incorporated it into the movie just prior to the ambush scene. Mm. Oh, yeah, he tells that to his little kids at the beginning. Um, no, I was right earlier. It is Tavington, not Cavington. It's just it's said differently on here. In my notes and then on IMDb, but IMDb does officially credit it, credit him as Tavington. So that's what I thought. I didn't catch his name through the whole movie though, so I didn't. Mm-hmm. Here's a fun fact: Heath Ledger said working on this film answered his question of why Americans wave their flag so high. It's because they went through hell and back to build their country. That is true. Mm-hmm. We do wave our flags very high. At least some of us do. So high. <laughs> so the film's biggest competition on its opening weekend was The Perfect Storm, starring George Clooney in a role Mel Gibson turned down to film this movie. Hmm. Not violent enough, for sure. <laughs> scene where Benjamin Martin returns the docks to General Cornwallis may be based on a similar story told about George, uh, General George Washington During the Revolutionary War, Washington reportedly noticed the terrier of a British general wandering the battlefield. He subsequently negotiated a ceasefire, and both sides stopped firing until the dog was returned to the British commander. Uh, Here's kind of a sad one. Two of the actors who portrayed Benjamin Martin's children, Sky McCole... This is Sky McCole Bartsuik? Three names? I'm not sure if that's two actors that play one person or <laughs> what the hell happened but apparently later they died from accidental drug overdoses in real life damn that sucks on charlotte's house is the same one used in forrest gump with slightly different interior paneling <laughs> slightly different <laughs> uh the stone hedge uh visible in forrest gump is camouflaged with bushes in this film hmm Jason Isaacs, uh, who plays William Tavington, is from Liverpool, England, which is also where the uh, real-life 
Bannister Tarleton, on whom Tavington is based, uh, he actually served as a member of Parliament from Liverpool after the Revolutionary War. Because hmm. yeah, in real life, Tarleton died in like 1838 or something like that. Okay. Like the age of he he outlived Francis Marion by about 30 years. Hmm. Survived the war, so yeah, Francis Marion didn't kill Tarleton. Shut up. Fucking shut up. <laughs> uh, one of the redcoats, actually dummies, that is floating face down in the river after the trap is a dummy of John Travolta. <laughs> now that's a fun fact. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it got me in the water. Kevin Spacey was the first choice to play Tavington. But after paying Mel Gibson $25 million, there was not enough in the budget to pay him. <laughs> How about this one? Uh, Benjamin Martin was originally written to have six kids, but Mel Gibson had another one because he himself has seven children. <laughs> that was in 2000. <laughs> he has had some since. He sure has. <laughs> With several different wives. One just a year or two ago. Just... Rolling them out. Because his new lady was uh, pregnant at the Oscars when he was nominated for Hexall Ridge. Okay. Yeah, that was uh, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she had it within the past couple of years. Yeah. Doing work. <laughs> Here's another fun fact. So, the Battle of Calpens upon which this movie is you know, at least partly based, uh, took place on January 17th, 1781. Uh, this battle has been commemorated by the U.S. Navy, which named two ships after it. The USS Calpins was a World War II light aircraft carrier, which won 12 battle stars, more than any other light carrier in the war, and was the first ship to enter Tokyo Harbor and land Marines on the Japanese mainland. The USS Calpins is an... Uh, an Aegis-guided missile cruiser serving in the Pacific Fleet from San Diego, California. Here's so, yeah, there, like I say, there was a USS Calpins CVL-25 and then the USS Calpins CG-63. Okay. Harrison Ford declined the lead role, feeling the script had boiled the Revolutionary War down to a one-man's revenge melodrama. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't get that at all. Man. Basically, uh, screenwriter Robert Rodette uh, called the final battle a hybrid between the Battle of uh, Guilford Courthouse and the Battle of Calpins. The mixture of militia and Continental Army in the battle, uh, the militia's reputation of not holding, and the tactic of using that to lure the British in, uh, the militia only firing a couple of volleys before a planned retreat to a secondary line composed of the Continental Army. Continental Army firing and then performing a bayonet charge. So this is that was worded terribly, but they're trying to point out the different aspects. Yeah, uh, this, of what was in the Battle of Calpins. Yeah, the studio wanted to cut a certain shot in the cannonball scene to avoid an R rating, but Roland Emmerich felt it was important not to sanitize war. Yeah, thank you for doing that. I don't like those war movies where it's just. Puffs of smoke and people falling down. 
How about this one? An earlier version of the script, Anne is pregnant with Gabriel's child when she dies in the burning church. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Thank God they didn't go with that. I think we uh, we've met. Yep. Here's a fun one for you. The theme music was played after President Barack Obama's acceptance speech on election night in 2008. Really? Apparently. I had no idea. I guess. I bet Mel was there cheering him on. I'm sure he was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that'll do it for the fun facts. We're getting a little more patriotic as we get closer to the 4th of July. We sure are. So we're recording this on Monday the 24th and it won't come out until probably at least Friday, maybe even Saturday. And then next week we're going to be uh, having a couple episodes come out. One of them on Rocky four. Yes. We look forward to that. Uh, Staying with our patriotic bent. In the summer of Sam going back to, Old Sylvester. Yep. Then Arnold after that again will be doing Terminator 2, along with Lethal Weapon 2 for Mel Gibson right after that. Yep. And then August comes, and we got uh, First Blood, Total Recall, and Mad Max 2 The Road Warrior coming up then. Sure do. Full summer. Anything else you want to add? No, I don't think. I think we covered it. Where can people buy those incredible patriotic shirts again? You can go to teespring.com slash stores slash WTM Watch This Movie. We got uh, several designs up there already. July 1st, we'll be having two new designs, including the new official WTM logo, which may or may not be updated on our website and podcast apps, but it is updated on our Twitter account. Uh, is. And then one other uh, special design that uh, I will be revealing later this week. All right. Well, reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie or Brett at positivelywolf1. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. And please... Do us a favor. Give us the old rate and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Run a bunch of different podcast apps. So mm-hmm. if you search for us, you'll probably find us. So hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. That would be super. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right. Check you later. Bye. Bye. Man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. Hey, man, you lost my case.